Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. One of the general knowledge we all have about progress is that it is recognizable. Um, it's recognizable and visible to all. When you talk about progress, particularly, you know, my wife likes, I don't like driving long distance. So once we hit the road, I'm interested in seeing the thing coming down, that 120 miles that we have about 10 minutes left for this journey. I hate those three hours showing me ahead. Do you understand? Progress for most of us that we know is physical, it's visible. You should be able to see that, you know, I'm making progress because I came into this program when I was, you know, level one. Now I'm in level four or whatever level which you are. Progress is I started at this level of this, my career, this is where I am. So progress generally, when we look at it, it's something that is visible, you can see. Sometimes when you want to look at progress, you only know it because it is physical. And in fact, there are many scriptures that confirm that. Many scriptures speaks about physical progress. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. It says, but the path of the righteous is like a shining light. So you see progress is shining better, brighter and brighter. In other words, it's like a light of the dawn. Some of that translation tells you. That early in the morning, you see the light is a bit to come. And then it says, shining brighter and brighter until the perfect day. And the Bible says to us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. It says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. So again, progress is visible. And why did he say that? He said, so that your progress may be evident to all. So most of the time when we talk about progress, we tend to see it from the point where it is physical. But you know one that I found out, Lord taught me, uh, he said that it's, a, it's not necessarily all that the scripture is saying. Progress is not necessarily when it is physical. It's not only when it is visible. That's why this morning, the title of my message is Concealed Progress. Concealed Progress. In fact, our key scripture for the year, which is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, it tells us, I press towards the mark of the prize of high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the mark of the prize of upward calling in Christ Jesus. So here is the deal. Who decides the mark? Who knows the mark? Do I think the mark is your mark? I press towards that mark, but the mark is the price is the upward cross in Christ Jesus. Most of the time, we tend to mark our progress by looking at what our friends are doing. When we decree any new beginning, as God has spoken to us even again in recent times, you know, the quest for progress begins to rise up in our hearts because it's a new beginning. Therefore, we need to see progress. You're compelled to measure progress since the word was declared. So this year, many times, many of us, by the grace of God in this house, we have seen great progress. Families have seen progress. Businesses have seen progress. We thank God. But I came to tell somebody that progress is not limited to what you have seen. Amen. It's not limited to what we have seen. It's not limited to how we have testified only about it. So this message may not apply to all, like I said, because sent to somebody here, Somebody is so special. There are many times 
once progress is hidden, it's not all conceptions that are immediately detectable by a scan. Can I repeat that? You expect that when somebody is pregnant, then you begin to measure the progress. But I found that it's not all conceptions. It's not all pregnancies that are immediately detectable. By, as a, have you ever heard stories about people who actually were carrying twins, but they scan didn't pick it up until much later? I can tell you about my, my wife, for example. She wasn't carrying twins. But there was a time when she was pregnant, pregnancy of children, I believe. The placenta was down there, but they could not pick it up. So even though they did all kinds of scan, in the best kind of hospitals, they kept on writing the wrong thing. I'm trying to say to you that because something you could see it does not make it to be all that it is there to see. And many people have, they have hung their life, their faith, only on what they can see. You have limited what God is doing in your life to what you can see, what you can testify. You have said to yourself that God is not at work in my life. God is not doing anything. It's a wasted life. It's a wasted year. Nothing is going on. But I came to tell you that that is not so. I said that is not so. One of the ways the enemy actually steal our joy and steal our testimonies is by us continue to confess what God has not said concerning us. We deny the ones God is doing and we say to ourselves, God is not doing nothing in my life. Was it not Job that told us I was busy looking for God on the right when he was walking on the left? Sometimes when you are looking at, it's not where God actually is walking. And you conclude that God is not at work. You conclude that the devil has got hold of my life. The devil is having a field at what he can do. So we cancel our miracles by the things which we speak in our mouth. In fact, sometimes many of us begin to chase the wind. We begin to look for what is not lost. There are times that a person might feel overlooked. You might feel overlooked. You might feel that your gifts, your talents, you might feel that what you carry is not actually valued. You feel undervalued. You feel unfairly treated. Though you are anointed, but you don't feel celebrated. Because you feel nobody sees this. So you begin to wonder, God, if you are fair, how come this is going on in my life? The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 49, I want to read. Isaiah 49 from 1 to 4. This is a key text which I'm going to sit on for about two weeks at least. It says, listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from far. The Lord has called me from the womb. There are times, my dear friends, that you need to speak to things that are threatening your life. Times you need to speak to the things that are telling you you have no worth. You need to speak. And those things are not human beings. Amen. <laughs> you need to speak to those things that are limiting your scope. He said, listen, O coastlands, listen to me. Take heed, you people from far. The Lord has called me from the womb. <laughs> I am not a mistake. My parents may not have wanted another child, but I am here, not by mistake. Are you listening to me now? I am not. I didn't plant myself on the face of this earth. God placed me here. He said the Lord has called me from the womb, from the mattress of my mother. He made, my, he made mention of my name. He has made my mouth like what? A sharp sword. You must understand the reason God gave you mouth so that you can declare and decree who you are. A sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. And he made me a polished shaft. What kind of a person am I? A polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. Now you expect that because I'm so polished, because he called me, because there's something good about my life, I should be placed upon 
the visible uh, platform where everybody can see me. He said, but God put me in his quiver. He hid me, even though I'm anointed. Even though there is so much grace in my life, he hid me. But here I am. I am saying, but I'm ready to be shut out. But he put me in his quiver. Why? He said, and he said to me, you are my servant. I don't hate you. My grace is upon your life. I love you. You are my servant. And he said to me, oh Israel, in whom I will be glorified. You might be in the quiver, but I will be glorified in your life. You might seem hidden right now. You, I will be glorified in your life. People might not be talking to you. People might not have picked your thoughts. They might not have picked your business. But I will be glorified in your business. I'll be glorified in your life. I'll be glorified in your family. I'll be glorified in your body. But look at verse 4. Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have done everything, but it's to no avail. I have fasted in vain. I have worshipped in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing. This person is saying, if I was that important, why was I in the quiver? Yet surely, my just reward is with the Lord. One of the things I love about the scripture is the ability to be able to be real. Many of us are not real. We just feel that, you know, you don't say that. You don't want God to get offended. God is too big to get offended with your tantrums. Look at what he says here. I know what I said. And then at the same time, almost like he came back to himself. But surely, <laughs> surely my just reward is with the Lord. Man may not reward me, but it's with the Lord. My promotion is with the Lord. My help is in the name of the Lord. And my walk with my God. The scripture is full of patriots. Patriarchs. Fathers and matriarchs. Who actually, we could see that it's full of places where they had remarkable progress, but in hiding. It's full of it. But their experiences are written down for our example. The Bible tells us how these people, they learn to maximize their moments. They learn to rejoice even when it seemed that they were still in hiding. I can tell you about a few of them. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we read about Elijah. I think I spoke about him about two weeks ago. Elijah was a man anointed of God and he received this boldness. He marched into the king's palace and he declared one of the most outstanding prophetic judgment on Israel. He said, at my word, there shall be no rain, there will be no dew or rain in this land. And he said, until I change it. The Bible said, after he said that, a man who said, I want you to just, I want just begin to, just imagine that was today. After you made such a declaration, that you said that this one will happen to Brexit and you went to the you turned down the street and everything you said happened exactly. The next thing you do is, you know, your followership will just rise up on Instagram, on Twitter and everything like that. And then you begin to send them things every single day. Your journal, you begin to write journals. This man, after he declared that God said go into hiding, he wanted to speak to Israel. He wanted to manifest himself to the people. But the Bible said that instead of being in public, he was where? The Bible said, go hide yourself by the brook. And he hid himself for three and a half years in hiding. There was no Twitter, nothing on his Twitter account. No, no Instagram picture was posted. If that was today, my dear friends, you will be losing your mind. 
I don't think you know what it means to have actually have been first, first of all visible. Celebrated. You carried something. And then now you are in hiding. You rather wish, I wish I was never even discovered. But this man, this prophet, for three and a half years, God said nothing. Heaven was silent. I want you to understand this is a thing. Because when something happens to us, we think, well, why is it only me? This man of God, he met no human face. He performed no miracle. He saw nothing like that except the raven that came in the morning and in the evening. For three and a half years. I thought I made progress. But while this was going on, the Bible said that he was still in progress. He thought God had left him. But when the book dried up, God showed, I've always been here. May the presence of God be real in your life. God said, I'm here. Think about the brook drying up. And while it was drying up, you'll be thinking, I really wish God didn't speak to me. Because now, brook is dried up. I can't show myself to the people anymore. The king wants to kill me. But God showed up. Right in time. There was progress, but he was in hiding. Friends, we are always comforted when we can hear the voice of God. Everybody's excited. Just like this morning, we're excited. God has spoken to different of us, different people, different times. We're excited when God speaks. But what about when heaven is silent? Are we excited? Now, the question is, is God less powerful when he's speaking than when he's silent? Does God love less? When we are on the operating table, that when we are on the healing line of the crusade. Does it mean the love of God has disappeared? Does it mean that God can no longer do it? Does it mean that God doesn't love me? Does it love me less? It's still the same God that is speaking. It's still the same God who called you from your mother's womb. It's the same God that who is working out his plan in your life and in my life. Can I have an amen to that? The same God is ways us. It surpasses all human understanding. Think about the people like Abraham. When God called out Abraham, it seemed like an exciting progressive journey. We're making progress and he began to go and he got to places and kings were talking to him. But here is the thing. He could see the houses. He could see the flock growing. But where was the progress of the promise that God made to him? For 25 years, for 25 years, he could not see the promise, but he was still making progress. I came to tell somebody this morning, you are making your progress. Amen. But how? Why? Where is it like this? Every time that God is silent in a storm, we got to learn that silence itself is a language. Silence is a language. Because God does his greatest work in isolation. Yeah. So silence is not a sign that God has abandoned you. No. It's just actually a sign that God is building something on the inside of us. I think about David. David was anointed, proclaimed, and pronounced king over Israel. While he was not even looking for it. 
But the nearest that David got to the throne for 13 years was sleeping in the quarters of the king and playing harp to a deranged king. That's the nearest. But he was already anointed. All this time, my dear friends, David was making progress, but he was in hiding. What about Joseph? Joseph knew that the prison was not part of the dream that God showed him. He did everything right. He ticked all the boxes. He said, I'm not going to cut no corners. I'm going to stay straight. But here he found himself in a prison. And this kind of anointing he carries is not meant to be hidden. But the Bible said, but the Lord was with him even in the prison. And so we see that Joseph, he, he now tried to get out of hiding. He was beginning to seek man's help. I don't belong to this place. I need to get myself out. If nobody's going to help me, I'll help myself. Please, when you get out there, tell the king, I don't deserve to be here. It's much better to let God promote us, friends, when we're in hiding. We've got to wait for God's timing. Amen? We've got to wait for God's timing. God has not forgotten you. He knows where you are and what's going on in your life. Say that to yourself. God knows where I am and he knows what's going on in my life. So, my friends, don't discount your time of hiding. Don't discount. We have to understand that it requires us to have good attitude while we wait. Requires good attitude. While David was in hiding, he placed his life, he placed his own life on the line for the flock. Now, that's part of what God was watching. When nobody is looking, do all that you can do with the best of your ability. Do it to the glory of God because you are proving yourself faithful unto God and faithful to yourself. When nobody is watching, when nobody is celebrating you, that is a good time for you to actually be the best of who you are. Develop all the things that are required for when you are in the open, you become a target. Many people don't understand what that means. We see the light shining, but we don't see the arrows flying. We don't see the criticisms. We don't see the attack. All we see is the glamour. But God says there are certain things you are not prepared to take. There's anything you think you have got and I'm preserving you and I'm keeping some things for you, not away from you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 118 from verse 14 to 24. 14 to 24, the Bible said, the Lord is my strength. How did David discover this? Because David learned his best songs when he was in hiding. He learned the best things to develop while he was in hiding, when nobody was there for him, nobody clapped for him, nobody celebrated him. He knew that God was his strength. He said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. Somebody needs to understand that right hand and receive it this week in Jesus' name. He says the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die. Believe. To declare the works of the Lord. Keep going. The Bible says that the Lord has chastened me severely. And he has not given me. Of, God will not give you over to death. He will not give your household over to death. 
He will not give your children over to death. He will not give your dream over to death. In the name of Jesus. Keep going somebody. And then he says that open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through. I will go through them. And I will praise the Lord. <laughs> May the Lord open unto you new gates. Gates of righteousness. Gates of promotion. Gates of victory. Gates of testimonies. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, I'll go through them. I shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me. And you have become my salvation. I want you to understand, even in your hiding place, in your moment of waiting, you must believe that you are not praying a prayer that is empty. You have answered me. David decreed this. He declared this while he was still waiting. You have answered me. Jesus Christ will later on quote this. He said, you have answered me. He said, the stone which the builders rejected have become the chief cornerstone. Men may not know. Men may not celebrate you. But you must understand where God has placed you. You are a polished shaft. This was the Lord's doing. Oh, oh. You mean putting me in hiding was the Lord's doing? You mean keeping me in delay was the Lord's doing? He said, this was the Lord's doing. It is important for us to wait the right warfare and to give the glory to God. We must fight the right fight, the fight of faith. And give the glory to God. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So David, the psalmist, while he was still in hiding, he decreed and he declared that this God that I'm serving is a God who has not abandoned me. That this day is a day of victory. It's not a day of defeat. It's a day of celebration. It's not a day of tears. Amen. In times of isolation or no visible outside change. In those times, God does some deeper work on the inside. Don't waste your pain. Don't. Use the time to get to know God in the level that no other person can. Get to understand that this God has dimensions. The time of silence is your time of preparation. The time of celebration. People are too busy. I want you to always understand that you might be hidden right now. Nobody remembers you. Mark this moment. Use this moment to get to know God. So by the time you are celebrated, just know that all lizards are lying down. You don't know which one of them has stomachache. Okay, that's too deep for some people. Not some people there. I mean, Mr. Sam has just gone out. We'll help you when he comes back. <clears throat> what I mean by that is, you see all kinds of things, all kinds of people, but you don't know which one of them has got some hidden agenda because everybody looks the same. Paul said, I have learned to abound and to abase. I'm speaking to somebody. Maybe, maybe this is not for everybody this morning. I've learned to abound and to abase. In the state which you have found yourself, Christ is there with you. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4. From 14 to 18 as I begin to round up. It says, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up together with him. I said, God will raise you up. God is taking you out. He's raising you up. 
He's bringing you up from the hiding position. He's taking you to the public. In the name of Jesus. He will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. That grace having spread through the many. May cause thanksgiving to abound. May cause what? Thanksgiving to abound. Through the grace of God. He said therefore we do not lose heart. I want to say to you this morning don't lose heart. Why don't you just tell your neighbor say do not lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed. Being renewed. May you be renewed. May you be renewed in your expectation. Be renewed in your waiting. Be renewed in your hope. Know that God is still at work. Be renewed day by day. Not year by year. You don't need January 1 to renew. You'll be renewed right now. You don't need a new job before you can be renewed. You can be renewed right now in this service. Be renewed day by day. This is the day the Lord has made. That's what the psalmist told us. I will be glad in this day. Amen. Be renewed day by day for our light affliction. And you have to understand the man who is saying this, what he was going through, many people will not go through in the three lifetimes. Yet he called it what? A light affliction. So when you learn to say to the devil, the arrows he's throwing at you is working for you. I don't think you got that. Okay, the way you can understand is when you have, remember that your friend you had in secondary school. The ones that you said to them, stop it, that's exactly what they're going to do. Alright? So that kind of friend that when they are troublesome, they are doing it against you, but you know what? You are, you, are, you are laughing at them. They get upset. Because they want you to get upset, but you are laughing at what they are doing. They're going to know that something is wrong with them and not with you. You have to tell the devil that whatever you are doing is working for me. He's lifting up grace in me. He's lifting up power in me. He's raising up altars of prayer in my life in the name of Jesus. That through these stripes, Christ will be glorified. The Bible said they did not know they would not have crucified the son of glory. Are you listening to me now? He's working for me. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Whatever the enemy is throwing at you today, it will work for you. It will promote you. It will lift you. It will give you stories to be told across the world in the name of Jesus. He's working for me. <laughs> he said a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If you think about that word, a far more exceeding, much more beyond what you can think. Eternal weight of glory. How much can you testify? How much can you weigh some kind of miracles that God will do in your life? It's an eternal weight of glory. No money can buy it. What God is doing in your life, no money can pay it off. In the name of Jesus, men will come and ask you, so tell us, there must be something else you did. No, I didn't do anything. I just call on the name of Jesus. What else did you do? I just call on the name of Jesus. Are you sure? I just call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says, while we do not look, friend, you will not look, at the things which are seen, because this is about a concealed progress. Don't look. Don't look at those things. I know it might be hard. With tears in your eyes, don't look at it. <laughs> be singing songs of faith. Don't look at it. Do not look at the things which are seen. 
for the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. <laughs> but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me close by reminding us, for, particularly for those people here who love gardening, not me, count me out. But I remember when the, the plants and the flowers around the compound here, um, uh, when Sister Norma was planting some of these things, and she did a lot of work. And then, after some time, I just noticed that everything just died. Ah! I called her back. All the work you did, they're all dead. When the weather, when the season changed. She now smiled. She said, no, Pastor, they're not dead. They're still there. When the season changes, they're going to come out. <laughs> I thought, poor woman. She can't see what I'm seeing. These ones are dead. Truly, when the season changed, almost like somebody turned on a light, all of them came out. Then I discovered that the plants were storing up saps in winter so that they can shine in summer. Somebody here in this place, it seems like you are hiding or that God has placed you in the hiding zone. But I speak over your life in Jesus' name. That the spiritual saps of your life will not fade. Oh, you might think you are getting older. You might think your body is fading. But I said the spiritual sap, it talks about life. And we've spoken about the life of Christ this morning. The spiritual sap of your life will not fade. They will not fail. In the name of Jesus, you will not fail. You will not fade. In the name of Jesus, the Lord will sustain you. You will shine. You will see shine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ah! Our light affliction is working. Working for us. Working for us. Working for us. Working. Rise on your feet. Let's just pray. Let's just pray right now. Just pray right now. Just thank God. Thank God that it's working for me. My spiritual sap is talking about the life of God. What sustains the plant. What sustains nutrient. It's working for me. In the name of Jesus. I will shine. He didn't right now. But I will blossom. I will blossom. In the name of Jesus. I will come forth. I will come forth. I will come forth. I will not be buried in the name of Jesus. I shall not die. But I shall leave. To declare the works of the Lord. Somebody receive it. Ah. <laughs> you notice I have not touched the passage I read. Look into that next week. The disciples of Jesus Christ were told. Let's go to the other side. And he asked them to cross to the other side. And they began the journey, it seemed like progress, until the storm hit them. Somebody in this place, you started this journey and it seemed like, well, it started well. It looked well. I was celebrated until the storm came. And Christ was in the boat. He said, let's go. What he said is, let us go to the other side. Think about that. And when the storm hit the boat, it seemed like they're going to capsize. But Christ was in the boat. There was progress, but they couldn't say it. Because it was silent. They said, care it not that we die. 
But Jesus Christ arose and he spoke to the wind. Peace, be still. In the name of Jesus. I speak peace over this house. Peace over your house. Peace over your situation. Peace over the storm. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I decree you will get to the other side safely. Your purpose will be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus. The reason why he called you, you will fulfill it. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will fulfill destiny. You are thinking about your current situation. But God is thinking about your destination. I decree in Jesus name you will fulfill it. God will sustain you in the mighty name of Jesus. You shall be celebrated in the name of Jesus. He who called you is with you. He chose you from your mother's womb. He called you and he, he called you a polished shaft. He has kept you in his quiver. I thank God because he will use you well. He will shoot you forward. You will meet the bull's arrow. When the bull's eye, when the time comes, in the name of Jesus, go forth and be strong. Go forth and shine. Go forth and be victorious in the name of Jesus. You will not go before him. You will not go before his time in the name of Jesus. He will go before you. His glory will be your rear guard. Father, we thank you. In closing, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Friends, your understanding is great, but you cannot lean on it. If the situation you are expecting to change does not change, it means God is using the situation to change you. using to change you. There are many things that we learn in pain. No class can teach us. There are certain things I held on to in the past. Certain situations changed it. And this is the thing about the class of God. Because he's ancient of days, he will sustain you until your change comes. Trust not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Ah! All your ways. The Bible said he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health. I love this one. It will be health to your flesh. Receive health in your flesh. And strength to your bones. Ah! Honor the Lord with all your possessions. With all your possessions. And with the first fruit of all your increase. So that your bounds may be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Thank you, Father. Lord, we receive this word. Eternal word. Use it, Lord Almighty, in our lives to quicken us as we go into this week, Lord. Father, we receive grace for quickening. Grace to run. Grace to overcome. Lord, each one of us become carriers of this grace as we minister it unto somebody who is dying. Somebody who is in pain. Somebody who is in hiding. And they have been defeated. Thank you, Father. Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.